Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop roleplaying and escape room puzzles. We are partway through season 10 and we are back to a room that Danny wrote. Took yeah, a, I had to break. get back to work. I know, you had to do work again. Uh, every episode we have guests come on and play through a room that Danny has devised, an escape room that exists just in her mind and your mind and my mind and our collective unconscious. This episode... Okay. Yeah, that's sure. what it's like. Let's work with that. <laughs> this episode, we have a returning guest and a new guest. Our returning guest... We'll get it out of the way. It's Neil Patrick Harris. Welcome back. What? what? <laughs> Hi, everybody. And our, shi- so our shiny new guest is Jonathan Bame from Theory 11. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy. My, my intro is already longer than Neil's, so I feel more important than him, as I should. Intro. <laughs> His intro is longer than mine. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, we're very excited to, to have you on. Now, I think the biggest thing that a lot of our audience will know you from, and one of the big reasons that you're here together, is that you and Neil together created Box One, which is fantastic. We've talked about it here on the show before as being a a brilliant kind of escape game, puzzle, box, home thing. But you do a lot of other stuff at Theory 11. Do you want to give like a rundown for the sort of things people can find there? So Theory 11 started as a instructional magic website. So people can go on the website and watch magic tricks being performed. And if said humans want to learn how to do said magic tricks, they can watch an instructional video that teaches you step-by-step how to do it. Now, these are not like the magic tricks that your uncle would show you when you were five. (laughs) We're working with the best of the best magic creators in magic, I often relate it like the music industry. There are songwriters and there are singers. In the magic world, there are people whose whole jobs and livelihoods are creating magic tricks. They are puzzle masters. They are creators of magic. Sometimes those people are performers in magic, but not always. Sometimes they get their whole magic fix vicariously by creating tricks that other magicians then can perform. So there are over a thousand tricks on Theory 11 that we've published to date. And that experience has led us down a lot of different rabbit holes from creating beautiful playing cards that are normal playing cards that anyone can use. Magicians, of course, use, but not limited to that with Star Wars and James Bond and Marvel and the Beatles, among other things. And, you know, I became obsessed with design and print craft and things of that nature. And we started to sell into more stores, you know, started selling to Target stores in addition to our website and things like that. And it was actually Target to their credit, who said, hey, your playing cards look great. You guys should make some games, though. And then, you know, uh, Neil and I had done a bazillion escape rooms at that point already. We actually came up with another game that was released first that was called Amazed, emphasis oh, on the maze. And uh, the back of our heads the entire time was, was, was box one. It was just such an ambitious project. Um, that was a little bit more nerve wracking of what we were going to do. And I don't want to ruin anything about it because I'm not going to assume that every listener here, there, mm. if there are escape room enthusiasts, yeah. has played it. Uh, I would encourage you to do so. But there's just lots of twists and turns and lots of really ambitious things, uh, at least in my eyes, that we tried to do with Box One. Uh, so it's been an amazing experience seeing people like ex- do that themselves at home. And, uh, you know, keeping the secrets of it, which is really cool to see. <laughs> mm. People like post about it and they don't tell their anyone too much about all the secrets of box one without ruining anything. It clearly, it does start as one thing. And then it takes a very sharp left turn quickly in a good way 
and becomes something totally different and unexpected and hopefully something that people are delighted to see. But it's definitely informed by a few things. One is Neil and I's shared history in magic and um, magic methodology in terms of instilling lots of moments of surprise and delight and wonder throughout an experience and storytelling in that regard. And of course, escape rooms, which leads us to, to here. Uh, and we've done tons of escape rooms uh, together in and around uh, New York, especially that we had a place that put us in a cage in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And I remember the moment where they took like the blindfold off and I thought, well, this is just an escape room. Clearly this is not a real cage because that would be probably illegal and certainly not cool. <laughs> and, and, that, and I remember like, oh, this is not a real master lock that's on this. So clearly all I'm going to have to do is like, just like wiggle the lock or climb up the cage and it's probably not locked. No thing was locked. Real master lock, real thing. And we're just locked in cages with the serial killer. That's the uh, ethos and narrative behind that particular escape room uh, that we'd escape from. So we've had our share of crazy adventures in escape rooms, but I think it all really circles back to shared affinity for magic. Well, this is sort of transitioned into the first question that we usually ask our guests, which is, what is your escape room experience? So we're um, here. Extensive. And obviously fairly extensive Neil, are there any updates on your end since the last time you were here as to your escape room experience? Not really going to escape rooms, although I've been reading a lot about them. I'm very interested at the moment of creating my own version of an escape room, which I'll probably mm. talk about throughout this podcast. But I love hearing Jonathan explain... <laughs> Explain the escape rooms that we've done together. Because that one that, that we started out in cages where we were covered with like cloth masks and then led with hand on shoulder in a single file line into cages that were locked with real master locks ended with Jonathan in like a Hulk rage taking an <laughs> actual giant full-size freezer and and needing to and and ripping it off of the hinges which it was turns out was electromagnets that were holding it in place because it was supposed to open up at the end Jonathan just just <laughs> hulked it open and then so then we thought ah we found a way out and then we're crawling through we and there's actors that are back there and we're early because we haven't accomplished <laughs> the other thing and so they're like shooting us back to get back into the main room and sure enough at the end of the thing when the owner came out and we talked to him he he had to go look at the refrigerator because uh, the freezer. Cause what happened? Because Jonathan just busted the thing open. So that was very. It's fun. fine. We escaped. Uh, we got a restraining order, but it's fine. We escaped. <laughs> but Jonathan does a lot there. more than that. In addition to Theory Eleven, that he has magicians going around the country doing live magic shows and also magic shows online. He did a thing called Magician at the Nomad at a hotel that was uh, called the Nomad Hotel in New York which isn't there anymore, but a guy named Dan White still does it online. It's called The Magician, the right? Magician online, yes. Online, and you uh, call, get a ticket, and you receive this gorgeous Theory 11 done box that's got all the uh, a deck of cards and uh, things that you'll need for the show, and then you get a time for the show and you watch him do it live. And it is one of those really remarkable interactive magical experiences that sort of transcends the genre in its quality there's a few people that are doing those kind of things but it it's really like next level 
magic. So what I appreciate about Jonathan as a person is that he not only can teach people how to do tricks, but we can make an escape room box game not as game designers and mm. and really care about it. He can make magic shows that people can go see live. He can design and create decks of cards that you can play poker with or save and cherish and resell. And he can also make like magic shows that you can watch virtually and have sort of a next level experience. So I'm always drawn towards people that are next level experience people, which is probably why I listen to you two in your brilliant <laughs> podcast that we're on right now. Uh, in real life, I haven't done a lot of escape rooming. I've been, we're working on box two, the sequel to box one. Um, and so we've been doing two person escape rooms online. I've been doing a lot of the curious correspondence club, ah. which is a, a monthly subscription where they send you a packet and in when you open up the envelope, it sort of opens to reveal a letter that explains what's happening. And then it's all paper things that you can use in very unique ways to uh, have your own sort of escape room in your home. And I, I highly recommend that. Um, but no, I haven't been out. I'm dying to see, uh, to, to, to go to escape rooms in person. Yep, sounds about right. Uh, likewise, I've done any physical escape rooms since uh, March 2020 when the COVID Oof. started, but we have mm -hmm. done some online escape rooms that I was initially very skeptical of, similar to, you know, Neil was alluding to our show um, that was in New York City, our live show, which was not an escape room in any way, but like we looked at it in similar lens as an escape room. Like you, you would buy tickets to the show. We would tell you to look, you know, meet in the lobby of the Nomad Hotel at you know 9.30 p.m. and look for a woman wearing a white dress. And you would go up to this woman wearing a white dress and she would give you an object and you'd have to follow a bunch of clues around this beautiful five-star hotel to find this the room where the show was in. And then you got into there. So we approached it like an onion mm. like that of uh, multiple layers to it, wanting to be very experiential. When the pandemic happened, we spent the first six months of the pandemic in a deep depression that this amazing in-person experience that we had crafted for five years at that moment was forever not there anymore. And then that depression shifted very slowly to a creative challenge of how do you make a magic show work online? And the answer should be it doesn't at all because that's a terrible idea of an online magic <laughs> show because you just it's magic by definition is like an escape room is something that you traditionally do yeah. in person. It's a tactile thing. It's a immersive thing. So you lose the immersion if you are not immersed in a physical space for it. And I thought that was the case. I'd also seen a lot of other, you know, Broadway shows try to pivot to virtual experiences and similarly other magic shows. And I it just always felt at best, almost as good as mm. a physical version. And then it was just a fun creative challenge. We spent the next six months purpose building, creating a virtual experience for magic from scratch. Every single trick in this virtual show, the magician online was created for viewers to experience on camera, live together. Um, and, and if you go to a real magic show, I often relate it to, you might or may not be chosen to go up on stage for maybe one trick or two tricks. In this, you are actively participating in every single effect that happens. So it's, oh. you're, you're involved in it. And we, we've also done virtual, I was just relating to this because we've done virtual escape rooms and I was very skeptical of those, but some of them mm -hmm. that we've done, Neil, are su were super impressive. So it has been inspiring to see people innovate and using, you know, the creative 
catalyst, which has been the pandemic of you just have to figure out new things because it's, it has been a different world for the past two years. Um, and, and people making lemonade out of lemons. So that's, it's been fun. Absolutely. Mm. Can I say that for all of the incredible tumult that the pandemic has created over the last two years, I do think there has been a creative isolated renaissance that mm. has forced people to come up with new ideas and new ideology about how to have immersive experiences in your own small space by yourself. And Definitely. Zoom didn't really exist two years ago. And now mm. it's a, it's like a Kleenex. It's a word that we all know and use. And mm. listening to audio in order to have a a conjoined experience or getting to watch a magic show with other people in your living room and have the same experience as you would if you were in an audience is kind of an amazing thing that honestly I don't know would have happened otherwise. So, I mean, maybe it's just silver lining, but I think I think that there's something kind of wonderful about the tabletop gaming world and and mm. it, and how it's advanced and and the tabletop escape room world because it's it's really legitimately forced people to think outside of the box. True. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's created some some really interesting and engaging ways to do stuff. Speaking, actually, look at that. Speaking of tabletop things, we can transition to the second question 20 minutes into the recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so this this show started as a mixture of tabletop role playing with escape room mechanics. What is your tabletop role playing experience, JB? Do you have any sort of experience in the tabletop role playing world? No, I don't. Um, so I am totally ignorant to that. I mean, I think we. I've, I was never like a big, massive board game fanatic um mm. growing up it just like wasn't really a thing in my family so i have very little experience with the board game world i like you never I think you rolled a 20-sided of, die you didn't do like dungeons and dragons and stuff like that nope never have i ever wow. not i was i was like a kid who grew up and discovered one passion magic tricks when i was five years old and i just never i didn't realize like i don't think my parents ever told me that you're allowed to grow out of a hobby so i was like oh i love magic so now i am the magic person i will always be the magic person i will have no other hobbies i will not do sports i will not do painting i will not you know i just had one thing and i stuck to that one thing and never deviated cough cough nerd cough cough and uh, and neil do you have any new tabletop role-playing experience since last we spoke so um David, my husband, and I have two children, uh, Harper and Gideon. Gideon is a is a massive fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I have been promising him that I would be the DM and and uh, and DM a whole campaign. Uh, and I have been a terrible parent, like woefully <laughs> inept, to the point of like pinky swearing that I would like by by the end of. November, I will have done this, and it's well past Christmas, and uh, but I'm working on it. I it, I'm taking uh, a boxed game of of D and D called Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Ooh, I don't know and that one. I'm telling, yeah, it's well, it's basic, and I'm telling them that since I'm not good at this, that I'm going to do a, a version of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, and, and he and his friends are going to play. What he doesn't know is that 
I've actually, uh, I've been writing with someone else's help as well. And as they start to play it, it's going to take a big narrative turn and turn into kind of a game show where all the rules are changing <laughs> and they're going to have to solve all these things in a different direction. So I'm about to do it. Nice. And if we do another one of these later in like next season and I'm here and I still haven't done it, then there will be hell to pay. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Uh, all right. And then he'll hear this and he'll know it. Yeah, we'll have to cut that out of the episode. We'll have to bleep it out so he doesn't get spoilers. Yeah, I'll skip past it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we should be ready to go. Danny, are you ready to, to yeah, get running? Yeah, let's do this. Uh, well, you know what? Almost. I do have one other question that's not one of our usual first two questions, but I think it needs to be said. Has either of you two ever spent much time in Africa? I've never <laughs> been to Africa. I have. Ooh, whereabouts? Cape Town, a place called Londolozi. Um, went on safari, went to Johannesburg. So, uh, I've been spent a huge amount of time there. I've spent two weeks there total of my life, so a relative tiny amount. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Why? Mm, excellent. All right. Uh, just asking to see exactly how much suspension of disbelief uh, either of you might want to have for this room. <laughs> because I, too, oh have not been to Africa. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do this. An obnoxious voice comes from the bed next to yours. Ready for a little quiz? Tell me all you know about the big five. Now, you want to keep reading your book before it gets properly dark, but you can't really afford to be rude. You're here all week in a little treetop lodge in the middle of Botswana with nobody for company except for your guide, Alexandria, and Mr. Justin Weinbaum, the only other guest on this safari tour. It's only been an hour since you got in a jeep together at the airport to come here, and you think you've heard his entire life story. Certainly all the parts he likes to brag about, at least. The Big Five, he repeats, a smile at the corners of his mouth. He's pretty sure you don't know what he's talking about. How do you respond to him? Oh, Justin, you do go on. Um, <laughs> tell us a bit more about this Big Five quiz, buddy. I'm, I'm so not at all reading this book. Oh, you can't name any of them? Not one? Well, I mean, clearly there's... Uh, lions? The lions... And giraffes, uh, the zebra, which I think is Elephants. Australian, pelicans, <laughs> and the orangutan. Oh, is that not my. the big one? one of those. My, my, my. I hope that's a geography and nature book that you're reading because you need to brush up. You know that these big five are so-called because they're known as the five most challenging creatures to hunt. The lion, the leopard, the elephant, the rhinoceros, and the cape buffalo. Alexandria, your guide, comes over and says firmly, No hunting for us. You get the impression she knows she shouldn't have to say that, but there are some tourists where you can't be too careful. She also then says, You'll be lucky to even get a photo of all of them. They're tough to find, all in different areas. And around here, they're more active at night, and we are not going out at night. Justin brushes his hair just to one side and says, I can't imagine I'll have any problem seeing them. He's really annoying. This is his third <laughs> safari, and he thinks he's a professional adventurer. The glow of sunset is coming through the windows when Alexandria gives a sudden cry of dismay. Oh, did I... Uh, 
Did either of you notice if I packed containers into the Jeep? Sturdy boxes, three of them. And you and Justin shake your heads and she slaps herself on the forehead. Oh, those are the odor-trapping, tamper-proof food containers. Wildlife will come all crawling this way if we don't store our food in them overnight. Oh, I must have left them back. Oh, I'm so... Oh, sorry. Oh, you ask her, does she have time to go back and get them? And she looks torn. Obviously, I shouldn't leave you two out here unsupervised. I could, but it might take a couple of hours. Oh, don't worry. I'm happy to do a spot of babysitting, says Justin. And he winks at you like you're in on a joke. You do not feel like you are in on the joke. Alexandria frowns. Well... I mean, as long as you stay up here. I'll take the bike, so you've got the jeep if there's an emergency. But don't have an emergency. Just stay here. You know, I'll leave you each a walkie-talkie so you can reach me if you need to. And a few minutes later, she's gone. And of course, the instant the sound of her motorbike fades into the distance, that's when Justin stands up. He goes to examine the walkie-talkies, he puts one in his pocket, and he heads for the ladder down himself. What's a holiday without a little rule-breaking? I'm going to get a head start on my photography. You protest, but that only spurs him on. Oh, don't cry. If you don't take initiative, you don't get the full African experience. You know, I'll bet I can take pictures of all of the big five before you. You can even take the jeep. I'll go on foot. Care to put any money down? Name your price. How dare you, Justin Weinbaum? Yeah, yeah. We'll play your, your silly little big five game. I'll bet you 10,000 euro that we can get these five pictures before you. Oh, understood, understood. Well, if we're going to be playing for petty change, then, well, I suppose I'll have to get out my other wallet. You know what? Because I feel sorry for you, you don't even have to pay me if you lose. Just like that, he's down the ladder. Your nerves are on fire, okay? Yep. Oh, he's giving you a stupid bet. You really want to win that and shove it in his face and take his money. Oh, so you're a better person than he is and he's just gone out into the Botswana wilderness totally unprotected. He is clearly crazy. And whatever you think of him, you don't particularly want him dead in the savannah because you might get blamed for it. You have to follow him. You might take some pictures along the way, but you've also got to make sure that he doesn't end up dead. And at least if you have the Jeep here, you'll be pretty safe. And if you change your mind, you can run him over in it. <laughs> what should we do, JB? I think we should follow him. Wait, before we go, before we do, is there anything we need to see where we are? Should we look around the, the area, the, the space that we're in, or should we just jump into the Jeep? Is all of our, are all of our supplies in the Jeep? Do we need to bring, put more things in it before we go? Most important stuff will be down there, but it's totally fine to take a look at where you are right now. So this lodge that you're staying in, it's high above the ground with just the one rope ladder leading down. Inside, there are three beds, one for you, Justin, and Alexandria. Each one has a thick mosquito net hanging from the ceiling above it. You packed pretty light for this trip, but Justin seems to have had the opposite idea. He has a whole trunk at the foot of his bed. And it's locked with a uh, weird four-digit combination lock. Uh, so I've attached a link in the show notes. This will be available for everybody at home as well if you want to check in the show notes. Uh, but JB, would you like to describe what you see in this link? 
I see a wooden chest um, that has a four-digit combination, but the four digits are not in the typical order. There's one digit that is on top of this lock, it looks like. And then there are three more digits uh, in like a pyramid shape beneath that. So you have the one digit on the very top and then like a pyramid of one, two, three more digits uh, beneath that. Also an odd smiley face. That is right. In the yeah, I was going to say, oh. it feels like there's two dots and a smile. Are we supposed to, is this a talking lock? Are we supposed to engage is this with from, it? Uh, You'll is this never from open the me. Beast where it's going to be our guest and talk. <laughs> I'm locked forever. Where did you go on safari? You I learned to speak like Justin. No. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's about it for what you find up here. Just the box and the lock. Yeah, and, and mosquito nets uh, around the bed and then a rope ladder that goes down. Okay. And your own walkie-talkie sitting on the table. Yeah. Let's take the walkie-talkie with us. Yeah. And JB, other side of my brain, we're playing as one person, right? Or are there oh, two yes. of us? Yes, you are, you are explicitly one person. We should get out of here because Justin's going to get eaten by a, a cape buffalo for sure. Let's go down the ladder, get into the Jeep, and see if we can find keys. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, you recall that Alexandria leaves the jeeps unlocked with keys on the passenger seat. So getting into it is not a problem. Time to Convenient. go, you guess. Yeah. You stick the key in the ignition, but the engine doesn't make the usual noise. The car sort of feels on, but it's not going. Something's wrong. You look around to see if there's anything obvious. You see there's a radio and a GPS, but like the rest of the car, they're off and don't seem like they're going to turn on. The only thing that is definitely on is a touchscreen just to the right of the steering wheel with some words on it and some lights underneath. And again, you will have an image of this Jeep interior. (laughs) Neil, would you like to describe it for our audience at home? Okay. Okay. I'm sitting and I'm looking at the steering wheel. Oh, this is a great image. Well done, Danny. There's lots to see. The steering wheel itself has two lines of, of letters going vertically and horizontally behind it in sort of a, a plus formation. And if I was to go down from top to bottom, it would be R-O-V and then P-E-M and horizontally would be A-G-H and L-I-D. And also of note is that the first of those three sets of letters are green, the R, the P, the A, and the L. Then the next two, the next four are orange, O, I, E, G. And then the next four are purple, V, D, M, and H. So you also have to the right of that and a little bit above at like one or two o'clock would be a thing that says diagnostic system with two buttons, it looks like, or lights maybe. One's red, one's yellow. The red one has has lines all around it, which makes me feel like it's on. <laughs> the yellow one does too. Yellow is just harder to see. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I can sort of see the yellow. Okay, so there's two lights that are on, a red one and a yellow. Are those buttons? Can I push them? They appear to just be lights from what you can see. Okay. And it looks like, yeah, as far as touching goes, the words diagnostic system, that is on a touchscreen. Oh, that is the little touchscreen. Awesome. Yeah. And it says diagnostic system. Now, to the left of the steering wheel in the same amazing paint image is a gps <laughs> screen that's dark and a ray it says radio below it with six black buttons or, or 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 holes or circles or dots 
And then below that, because the steering wheel's on the right-hand side here, because <laughs> we're in Botswana, mm -hmm. in between the seats, it looks like there's a, a, a little piece of paper or a Polaroid. There's something that's kind of orange, mm. squarish, like a map. I'm guessing I like the Polaroid idea, and that's sticking out, so we're not sure what that is. So, JB, what should we do? Hmm. I would like to press some buttons. The lights don't do anything. Those are just lights. But you said the diagnostic system was a display. Absolutely. So, uh, first, you know, if we are going to follow said accompany, uh, uh, accomplice, Justin, I would like to know GPS, where we are right now. And does this GPS allow us to, like, you know, set that as our home? Can we record that so we know how to get back here? Uh, and also, I would love to play around with the diagnostic system to see what that enables us to to do. Is there a menu of some sort? Once I like touch that, does it turn on? So first off, looking at the GPS, you try to press on that. It doesn't do anything. Same as the radio. You press those buttons that are on it and they just aren't functioning like the rest of the car. But when you press on the diagnostic system touchscreen, it changes to a new message and it says system error diagnose issue yes no yes yes three little boxes pop up and it wants you to type in some information for all of them it's giving you three questions the first one very simply car model the second one letter of warning light and third fast diagnosis preferred yes no well the car is a jeep so we could select that. Cool. You type in Jeep and it prompts you to go to the next questions. And the second question was letter, letter of, warning, of light. warning light. So I guess all those lights behind the dash are like a car, maybe, and they don't necessarily all are on. They're just like things that are there. And the one that is lit up is the correct one. So is one of those lights that is behind the steering wheel lit up? So those don't seem to be light upable any more than they are. They just look like they are just colored text that are printed onto however the steering wheel is built. The only things that are lights are this glowing red and yellow one. And I will say, Danny, that I, I didn't mention this before, is that the, the, the lights themselves within them have a symbol that looks like um, the letter A, like a capital letter A, but instead of a line going across to complete the A, it's a dot in the middle, hmm. which is often used in a cipher form when you're creating letters in, I'm not sure what the name of that cipher is, where you make a plus and then you make yeah. an X and you add the dots and then you like put all the letters together. And I'm sure the everyone is laughing at me because I don't know the name of it, but. No, no, it's the pig pen cipher that was conspicuously absent from our episode one this season room that had a pig pen in it true yeah oh that's true <laughs> so it, that could i mean we could work on that because it seems like letter of warning light i mean there's red and yellow r and y but they're both lit so we can't mm. put both of them in i'm curious about these different colored letters here because one of them spells rove and one spells lid but it seems like I'm trying to sit, sit there while we're doing these other diagnostic things and trying to figure out how they spell a word mm. or how they spell a sentence. And I'm trying to go from color to color. And maybe I'm not supposed to, but that seems solvable. But maybe we don't have all the information yet. What is this piece mm. of paper that's hidden in between the seats? 
Not a Polaroid. Uh, what you were seeing there was some of the colourful bits of a brochure. So you pull that out of the centre console, you examine it. It seems to just be some advertising for the same type of safari holiday that you're on with a bit of fun information about wildlife. And there is a link being provided to you for that. Oh Don't know how much God. you want to read word for word because it's extensive. It says your safari adventure, where you'll stay and what you'll see. You might spot lions, but probably no tigers or bears. Hippos. Dozing in the water during daytime. Um, other big cats like leopards and cheetahs. Savannah greats like giraffes and zebras, I think is the right way to say that. Mm, Insects. Correct. Lots <laughs> and lots. And then it talks about experience your adventure from a whole new perspective by staying in one of our uh, In the Trees Lodge, Calming Sky Tops. I'm assuming... Calming Skytop is the name of the lodge where our friends are staying. Mm. Makes sense. Calming nice. Skytop. That seems like an anagram of something that I saw. If I ever heard of it, calming, <laughs> calming Skytop. Writing it down. It says, "Have you heard of the Big Five? If you're lucky enough to encounter one, here are some fun facts. Cape Buffalo. If you're cornered." Don't climb a tree. These guys will wait hours for you. Okay. Elephant. They can get aggressive if threatened, but they're very clever and mostly just want fun. Leopard. Mean on the ground, even deadlier in trees. A favorite hunting technique is to drop down from a high branch. Lion. They're majestic and frightening, but also very lazy. They seek out the easiest possible prey make sure it's not you and the rhinoceros which says these bad boys have poor eyesight but if one sees you watch out for its charge and then beneath that i believe there's a still image from the live action remake of the lion king (laughs) (laughs) amazing experience the braver you are the more you'll see says one happy visitor two out of five of the big five spotted, five out of five stars for the holiday. This is another happy visitor. All right, what do you make of this clue-wise, JB? Um, not a lot. Uh, well, one, I, I've been to Africa, and uh, I think that second happy visitor was uh, unlucky. I did see all of these. Like yeah. I thought when you went on safari, you may or may not see like one or two if you're lucky. And we went out on our first safari at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I had seen all of these within maybe four minutes of leaving. What? The yeah. And, and wow. apparently that's normal. If you go to certain lodges where it's not, you know, uncommon to see tons of these things, but literally maybe three to four minutes after getting in the Jeep and going out, saw all of the things. That's uh, so I'm amazing. not seeing too much in this and I'm looking on the, the photo in the lower part and I'm not seeing anything. No. So my guess is with this, if I'm if I'm in puzzle brain, my guess is that if we come upon these big five, we'll probably have to follow the instructions on them, the facts, right? Buffaloes don't climb the tree, elephants yeah. um, don't you know don't threaten them, leopards um, dr- drop from a high branch, lions are lazy. Uh, and the rhinos can't see well. Trees, so my, yeah. my guess is that of this clue, it's to use this information for later. Because I'm not seeing any... I would concur. Yeah, that seems fair. Would... It seems separate from the Jeep itself. Okay, and you said that Fair. the GPS does not work and the radio does not work. Correct. 
Nothing seems like it's going to go until you diagnose. It's also possible on the diagnostic system, Neil, that there's two things wrong with this car uh, and both lights are on. So do we maybe have to address each of the problems individually, the red light and the yellow light? As far as you can infer, it seems like it's only telling you there's one thing wrong. Interesting. I'm thrown by these letters, dude. I feel like I should solve this quicker. Why are they green and orange and purple? Have we seen anything yeah, was, else that's green or orange and purple anywhere? Uh, I mean, orange, the brochure, but uh, is a little peaking of orange. It looks like in this photorealistic image of the inside of this Jeep. But I don't think that's anything. Uh, I tried also seeing this, you know, the, if just the green letters spell something, for example, uh, like parl or lar larp right. or something. I didn't see anything that was obvious. Also, the, the orange letters, I tried to see if those spell anything G-O-I-E. I don't think there's a word. And the, pur the purple letters, H-V-D-M, uh, and that is not a word because there's no vowel in it. So... I am perplexed. Uh, I, if I spin the sp steering wheel, do those uh, letters perhaps change? No, they seem like they're like fixed to the thing that is behind the behind steering wheel. Behind the steering wheel. Okay, wheel. Got it. I was Neil, yeah, like maybe cars. if you spun the steering wheel around 180 degrees, mm. the PEM would change into a W. Ah, no, they are very much fixed now. in their locations as they are. Well, that's inconvenient. I'm going to call Jeep <laughs> after we get off this and file a complaint. Um, well, what are you looking for right now? What have you been asked to find from that? Uh, I'm looking for a letter of the warning light. And the warning lights are red and yellow and have that like weird pig pen cipher mm. thing on it. And there's no y, y for yellow. Oh, man, we're super stuck and we, we're not even driving yet. Justin's getting eaten by a lion. We can't and even... you're not there to see it. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Looking at the X of the license of the steering wheel and looking at the diagonal shape that matches and looking at the dot in the middle, it would be the, the bottom quadrant of the P, the E, and the M. Yeah, yeah. And assuming that the dot was... I can't imagine it being any closer to the top of that diagonal line that's on the red and the yellow buttons. Could we type in P as if it's the first letter? Wait, do do red and yellow make orange? And so we should try the E because the two colors combined together would would create the E? That would explain why you've got two separate lights for one issue, that you have to Correct. mix them. Let's type, let's punch in E and see what happens. All right. You put E and then it's, again, it's asking you to go to the next question, which okay, was, do you okay, want the I speedy diagnosis? Right. Well, yes, we've sure. taken like 45 minutes to get to this point. <laughs> so yes, let's do the fast diagnosis. <laughs> All right. So you put in your three answers. The screen flashes a loading symbol. Your answers pop up again. And then it also says, thank you for locating the issue. Nice. You wait for it to say that it's done something to fix the issue. It, it doesn't. It just has your answers and then, thanks, you located the issue. Good job. And that's it. What? 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 How did you look? How have you located the issue? 
I have no idea. Thanks for locating the issue. The issue. And then your answers are still there. Your answers to the three questions. This will be a strongly worded letter to Jeep. Yeah. I've, I've already sent it. I've called Herman Jeep, who's the founder. So what, what does the screen say right now? Thank you for locating the issue, as well as your three answers that you typed in. And what what does it list as the three answers in what order? We said Jeep and E and yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, so those three things are on the screen as well. Jeep E yes. GPS. GPS. Ah! <laughs> it's a dad joke. And I'm laughing so loud I'm going to wake my children. GPS. You guys are brilliant. Okay, so there's a, there's, so, so let's, can we click on the GPS now? It still, it won't seem to do anything. Its screen is completely black. You just pull it out of its mount and flip it over. And sure enough, you see on the back, its batteries are so dead that they've gone crusty with old acid. And apparently that is enough that the car has decided it will not work until that has been fixed. So we need new batteries mm. for the Jeep E. e. Uh, yes. Yes, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where are we going to get some cleaning walkie-talkies something for that walkie-talkies oh can we use the battery from the walkie-talkies you yeah you don't like being cut off from alexandria who might be your only safety net if something goes wrong but you take a look and the batteries are a perfect match uh justin took one ah yeah justin just uh if you want to get this jeep moving doesn't look like you're gonna have much choice again it's ridiculous that the jeep works this way but Whatever. Herman Jeep is going to get so many letters of complaint. (laughs) So you pull those batteries out, stick them in the GPS, stick the GPS back to the car. And now when you turn the key in the ignition, the Jeep and everything in it comes to life. Huzzah! You you stick the walkie-talkie in the center console and you do whatever you want to. What's next? What's next? Let's start driving. Okay, so let's put in our starting point. Mm Mm-hmm. So that we can get back to to here because we want to. This is where we're sleeping at Calming Skytop, which nice. is definitely not an anagram of something. <laughs> Nicely tea. done. All right, so you get and the jeep then moving. We drive yep. straight. Mm-hmm. Want to listen to anything on the way? Oh yeah, sure. Let's turn the radio on. You turn the radio on. There are a couple of preset channels: English language pop music, some local music, and one that's just soothing animal noises. It'll sound like animals as they're going to sleep. But that might put you to sleep, so maybe not that one. Yeah, let's do local music for now. Sounds good. So that's your job to add that in in post, Billy. Sure, I'll add in local music from Botswana. (laughs) (laughs) I've got that on hand. (laughs) So there's a quick turnoff that you know goes back to town. You ignore that one. You drive in the direction that you know your safari adventure is supposed to take you because presumably Justin's gone that way to find the animals. You don't spot him or any footprints of his on the road, so he must be going either very fast, very slow, very sneaky, whatever. Eventually, you make it to a wide clearing with four separate roads branching off it, including the one that you're coming from. Next to each road, there's a big rock with writing carved into it. Excellent. Road signs. 
except these road signs are not in English. Which is interesting because Alexandria told you that everything around here is in English for the tourism and, you know, colonialism. But what you see here, definitely not a language you recognize. One more image for you. Uh, yes, there's another image in the chat here. And for anybody at home, you can see it in the show notes. This uh, is the rocks. Uh, okay. This looks like hieroglyphics uh, of some sort where they are like symbols. There's like a backwards D. Um, like if you flip the D to the other side, there's a... I probably don't said. need to describe there's all of them. A, there's a lot. There's a uh, little lightning bolt of sorts, a U and a U. <laughs> all of these look like weird hieroglyphics. None of them looks like... There's like an upside down four in one of them, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is upside down. I'm very intrigued. Mm, intrigued, but also now you're not quite sure where to go, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so we are at this intersection. We need to choose there's arrows, uh, one obviously left, straight, right, or back where we started. Can we not take our batteries out of said GP, Jeep E, yes, and ask <laughs> Justin if his ra is his radio on? Does he not have a, the other walkie-talkie? Uh, so your thing is connected to Alexandria, who's probably still motorbiking her way far away. And if, yeah, you, you can try that. Let's say you swap the batteries over quickly. You try to put a call out and you say, uh, Alexandria, Alexandria, anything? And you get no response. She mustn't be able to hear you. I'm trying to manipulate these said symbols and seeing if anything happens. Do, uh, do, uh, I'm just literally inverting them and turning them around to see if they spell out anything. Mm. If I turn no, them around... It's some I'm... sort of cryptic, right? So, the, so each symbol will represent a letter. I'm looking at the upper left one, and it has the double uh, U symbol, which must, you know, I'm trying to think in double U. Wheel of Fortune yeah. speak. And I'm guessing <laughs> yeah. that that's probably an E. And if so, that first word's probably tree. Or, and if so, the D, the backward D would be a T. So I was thinking that, that to... Neil, that U, U would just be literally what you said, a W. So there's like something, something, double U. Could be, but we have the single U of that same symbol throughout. And since it's used so often, it makes me feel more like it's a common commonly used letter which might be like an e because we have an e and a lightning bolt on the bottom right hand one which would be er so i'm not sure if we're just supposed to try and hack this because tree makes sense or whether we're going to find something but we have nothing left to really find can we just drive? I mean, we it's not like we're going to drive off a cliff. Should we drive well, to the left wait, and see what we find there? I, I, I figured it out. I think you I did? know it. I could be I could be stupid. I could be wrong. Okay. But there's a one percent okay. chance that I'm right. Okay. So I'm going to go with it. So here's my here's my hypothesis. Um, oh boy, we just came from our house, our 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 lodge, if you will, which is called Calming yeah. Skytop. Skytop has six letters in it, which also nice. is on the on the left-hand side of this image. That's one, two, three, four, five, yep. six. So that means that we can use that as a cipher, combination. Nice. And nice. so if that equals that, then Calming Skytop, maybe let's, I'll do the bottom one. 
uh, could that be, mean, but then that, okay, go ahead. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like so, this. Okay so, okay, so that means that uh, triangle, triangle, wavy, oh, uh, little, so wavy <laughs> little, uh, what do you call it? Squid looking thing, uh, upside yep. down mushroom, which is Neil's porn name. Uh, Thank you. The back backwards D, also his porn name, and uh, dash and. And then the forward D. Okay, so that would be Skytop. S K Y T O P. Okay, so n- then I'm only doing that one. I guess we have to do the other one too. So let's do the <laughs> first one, which is a, the N shape, uh, upside down four, which I'm trying to write. It's weird. How do I do that? Four, whatever. The bullseye symbol, and then a squiggly serpenty thing, a square. A Fork top. trident, if you will, or a W, <laughs> uh, and then a weird upside down one, two, three, four pentagram. So that would be calming. C A L M I N G. It fits. If it fits, nice. So yeah, the rock that points back the way you came, which you know was calming Skytop, has yes. letters that match up to. What could say calming sky tops? And it may be your maybe your key to get into the rest of these translations. Yes. Okay. So then we don't know Neil. Which one do you want to do next? Oh, I'm on it, baby. Hold on. <laughs> Cliffside is our upper right. I'm guessing that the double dots are, that the dot is an F because I had C L I from my calming sky top and then blank blank and then I have S I blank E. And so I'm guessing that that weird uh, W shape next to the arrow would be a D because mm. Cliffside is uh, Jonathan's was Jonathan's nickname in prison. And <laughs> it also matches that. Yes, so, and that's cool. So now you've got a few extra letters. You've got the D now translated and the double F correct. as well. That might help getting a few more of them as well. Yeah, the D doesn't help us much because there's no rep. There's no, uh, there's neither. So uh, thanks, but it doesn't. So let's try the, (laughs) (laughs) let's try bottom left here. Glasses means nothing to us. Upside down. Upside down four we know is an A. A. Backwards Backwards D is a T. T. A U is an E. And the lightning bolt is an R. I'm guessing then that glasses is a W for water. And then T... We don't quite know, but we need to know for upper left. The negative sign is an is o. o, and then the the donut is L. an L, and the U is an E. Water hole, which was water not hole. my nickname in prison, and I tried. I asked everyone to call me Water Hole. I asked over and over again, like, "Hey, don't call me that. My my name's Water Hole," and they wouldn't do it. Okay, so now we know what it is. H O L E. So that's what? It, why am I screwing up upper left? Tree thicker, thick hater? What am I doing wrong here? Tree. Uh, well, okay. The plus is an H. The square is an I. The un the upside down U is a C. And then the umbrella shape is a K. And then the U is an E. Tree thicker. Oh, thicket. Well, what's the final symbol? <laughs> yeah. Tree thicket. Okay. Well so we done on your I. unhinted get of tree before, Neil. Hey, thanks. I figured we were, you know, in Botswana. So I, 
I saw the trees happen. Figured it could only it could be either O O. It wouldn't be I I. It wouldn't be S S. It wouldn't be T. It could be S S. I suppose, but but it wasn't the most sense. All right, so you have figured out where all of these things go. So now that you know, none of them says, don't go this way, man-eating lions ahead and they will eat you. You feel comfortable that you're ready to choose a direction. All right. Well, before we choose a direction, I'm just going to look back at the brochure. Mm -hmm. We're trying to find the big five and we have a lot of things that talk about trees. So I'm a little worried about the tree thicket (laughs) because like don't climb trees for the buffalo and then the lions... No, the leopards are deadlier in the trees. We got to go to one of them. Should we choose the water hole? I think the water hole, I'm just assuming that it, it doesn't have lots of trees and things like that around it. But cliffside sounds, yeah, I guess cliffside sounds dangerous. Let's go to the water hole. Let's start. Um, let's go counterclockwise. All right. You drive in the direction of the water hole. After a while, it gets so muddy that you're afraid the Jeep will get stuck. So you go the rest of the way on foot. It seems quiet. Up ahead, you see the water. There are big rocks poking up out of the rippling surface. It's surrounded by dense bushes on both the left and the right, going so far in each direction that you can't just reasonably walk around. You see movement on the other side of the water, way off and slightly down a hill so you can't get a great view, but you're pretty sure that it's a herd of something. Buffalo? Because if so, Justin could be over there. Now, you'd have to wade through the water to find out. You step forward, one of your toes touches the water's edge, and you freeze. Did that rock move? Did that rock just move? What? You aren't sure, but you think that rock just moved. Your heart starts to go (laughs) crazy. You realize these may not be rocks, but as the brochure said can happen in water, these might be hippos. Oh, hippos dozing in the water during daytime. I missed it. (laughs) One of the deadliest animals that exists. Yeah, they call them, in Africa, they called them uh, murder elephants. Yeah, that sounds right. They look so, like, nice and and such, but they're they're not. Mm. Exactly. So you back away, and because you aren't sure how aware of you they are, you leap into the nearest bush, and ow! Ow, these bushes are covered in massive spikes. You cover your mouth with your hand, trying not to cry out, even though they've sliced at you several times. You keep quiet, and none of the rocks move. You think you're safe to sneak around, but definitely not to go in the water. But there are buffalo on the other side, and Justin would definitely try to get to them. You definitely have to get to him. Look, you're pretty sure not all of these rocks can be hippos, just some of them, but you have no idea how to tell the difference. You can see all the rocks. There's an image, but if some of them are rocks and some of these are hippos, it's definitely hard to tell. Uh, Are you sure this is not a pepperoni pizza? (laughs) Oh, sorry, that is also a pepperoni pizza. God, delete it, delete it. (laughs) Wrong room. So it's essentially a 4 by 4 grid of... Mm either rocks or hippos and we know that they doze during the day is it day or night right now it's right on sunset so they're gonna start getting active real soon can we throw something at them you could but they might see you that's true well can we it seems like there's a lot of shrubbery 
if you will, on the left and right side of said watering hole, could we not use that as a uh, cover and go around this or near the watering hole without them seeing us because their eyesight is poor? So this is where you just jumped in to try to get out of sight. And as you noted, all of this shrubbery here, all of these bushes, which go really far in both directions, they are massively spiky. You will mm. not do so well if you tried to shove your way through them. It would be like going through barbed wire. Okay, my, my instinct is to do one of two things, JB. Either literally just start at one and sort of tap and see if it moves. And if it does, <laughs> go hide in the bushes again and risk like you know, getting stabbed by the, by the spikes and then like tap the next one. Cause it's not dark yet and they're still sleeping and we can sort of, um, squid game our way through this. <laughs> the other part of me says that we're, we're still missing a piece. Like we're going to, because it's a bit of a grid, it's four, 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 and four that I, I suspect we may come upon something elsewhere that is going to give us a bit of a roadmap to go left, up, left, left, up, right, right? So maybe we quietly back up into our Jeep and head uh, to a different direction and see what else we can find. Yeah, I think maybe we come back this way once it's uh, nighttime, because if they doze in the water during daytime and we come back this way later... Oh, yeah, maybe at night they'll have left. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah. That's a great call. Let's do that. All right. What would you like to do next? Should we go to Cliffside? Let's go to Cliffside, and I'm going to look at All the right. Maybe that's why we high up and we can see things, and maybe we'll be able to see Justin, <laughs> or maybe he's there. So you back out from the muddy path, and you go all the way up to cliffside. You go slowly in case it's a very sudden cliff, but no, you can see the sheer edge, obvious from a mile away. Once you get there, you disembark to take a closer look. You think you can hear animal noises down the bottom, but there are just enough curves and crags to this cliff that you can't see amazingly well in all directions down there. It's high. It's way too high and sheer to just climb down. You look around and you spot something right on the edge. There is a big hook sticking out of the ground. It looks like it's there for abseiling. You rush over to it, but there's no other climbing equipment, just a hook. Ooh, but there is something else there. This time, there is a Polaroid. Hmm. Let's look at what this Polaroid looks like. If I look at and I grab said Polaroid, it looks like it's a someone says having fun. It's a photo of a rhino and a person that's a terrible photographer who cut off their face, but that must be <laughs> Justin. Oh yeah, you don't need his face to recognize Justin. You yeah, recognize this silly hat. little hat. He's wearing a top hat. He must be a magician. Um, <laughs> and he's hitchhiking because his thumb is up. <laughs> he's mocking us. He is indeed. But that's all you so find he here. he saw a rhino. Yeah. Oh, he saw a levitating rhino above yes. him floating he's in the air. He's a magician. It spoke and said, having fun. The rhino said that. <laughs> Uh, he carries he carries Justin. his dark blue marker with him everywhere. He's already got a picture of the rhino. What is this hook again that we found? It looks like it's for attaching stuff to to abseil, but there's none of the ropes or anything that you would normally want. Can we add it to our inventory? It's pretty well stuck in the ground there. 
and we'll need the hook in order to climb the cliff. That's what that I'm guessing. That seems pretty likely. If we go back to our lodge, there is a rope. That's how we got back down from the thing. So we could, no one's using that rope right oh, now. The could rope we not ladder. take that rope ladder? So that one's going to be difficult because if you take that rope ladder, you have no idea how you would get back up to the we use the hook so we could, like Batman, hook it back up there when we're done. You did, you did forget they are playing Batman. This is Batman's safari adventure. I'm sh- that must exist. Oh, I'm so sure we're it here does. with Robert Pattinson. Oh, no spoilers, haven't seen it yet. <laughs> well, looking at the Polaroid image of having fun, it seems, it seems only designed to mock. Mm, it does. And so let's, let's take our Jeep elsewhere. Sounds good. Why don't we head over towards the tree thicket to the left? You follow the path to the tree thicket. As advertised, after not too long, the trees around you start to become crowded, and after a while you have to stop the jeep entirely. The only way forward is going to be on foot. But you can see something that might pose a slight obstacle to that, because on the path ahead... There is a swarm of mosquitoes. A massive swarm of mosquitoes. You hope your malaria medication has been working. Well, we need to get beyond it to see what's beyond it. Don't we have mosquito nets up in the treehouse? Hmm. Could we go back and um, grab two of them and uh, grab one of them, I guess, and cover ourselves hmm. with the mosquito net? All right, you quickly head back to the lodge, you climb up. Uh, I assume you go to Justin's bed to take his. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Justin. All right, so you go over there, you tug at the mosquito net. This should work great. Uh, you hear these nets often come with insecticide treatment on them as well, just to make doubly sure that it works. And what? Bonus. Wait, wait, what? Hold on. It's really tied up here. Wait, hang on. It's. Okay, this is knotted. This is really tied to the ceiling in a massive knot. You are completely unable to do this. It's knotted way beyond what your fingers can do, and the more you pull at it, the worse it seems to get. So it's very knotty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm. What do, we, do we have anything we can cut, cut that mosquito net with? Definitely seems Not like the really. only option. But maybe in Justin's trunk there are knives and other tools that we could utilize. For sure, but we need to we need to get in that trunk. Yeah, you probably, even though you've heard all of Justin's great life achievements, you don't feel like you know enough about him to know what his trunk code would be. Yes, but if there's only four digits, um, <laughs> that's only a thousand options. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. I mean, there's no. Oh, the sharp, uh, the sharp, uh, bran- the sharp, uh, where the, near the hippos, the bushes. Could we rip off a, a piece of the bush that's really sharp that stuck us from before we're near the sleeping hippos? Yep, you dash back to the waterhole, you grit your teeth, and from one of the bushes you snap the sharpest spine from it that you can see. It hurts your hand, it's spiky in all directions, but you've got it. Back to the lodge, climb the ladder, head for Justin's bed, Slash through the knot of the mosquito net like it's nothing. Naughty. You now have a net. A naughty, naughty net. And not only that, you pull that net down, you spot something half hidden under Justin's pillow. What? It's a Polaroid. 
Another Polaroid? Justin. What Justin. is it this time? Here we go. I'm looking right now. Better hurry. It's him with a sleeping leopard. And it looks like he is like an elf on the shelf with his two feet. He's also waving. And he's, there's a leopard there. And we learned earlier about the leopards that they're mean on the ground, but even deadlier in the trees. If Justin in this photo is higher, that means he might be in a tree or something. If the leopards are mean on the ground, even deadlier in the trees, a favorite hunting technique is to drop down from high branch. So maybe Justin is in a tree somewhere. Mm. So one thing I'm noticing, Jonathan, between these two, if I'm looking at these two pictures, yeah, the Polaroid pics, is that having fun, he's giving us a thumbs up, which indicates like one of his fingers is upward. And in the better hurry, he's giving us a wave, which is showing all five of his fingers. It's possible. You could be reading too much into it. I don't know. No, but hear me out. He's at the very top in the better hurry with a five. And he's like bottom left with the one. And if we look at his trunk, we're looking for four for four things. Uh, that are, yes, that are yes. We're looking for a combination. A combination of numbers. So it wouldn't surprise me if given this logic, that upper, the forehead above the smiley face, zero would turn into a five and maybe the lower left zero would turn into a one, but we'd still need two more Polaroids to, to, to prove that. So why yes. don't we take where we are now, let's take our mosquito net. Do we need two more Polaroids? Or if we know that one is this and it's in this position and we know another is this and it's in this position, that only leaves us with 20 options, no? Fair, but in I think in in beautiful story, uh, in gameplay mode, we should probably play this through as opposed to just like if we get three of four, you and I I'm sorry, I thought our room, friend Justin was, was in danger. And I would I was certainly to stand there and like just, just try each number, zero. And I, know, think there's, I think there's still 100, 100 options left with two of them. This is true. That's true. Still, I, I'm feeling good about this, but in the meantime, mm. we have something in our possession now, a mosquito net, that can mm. um, help us get past all of those mosquitoes, which are over at the tree thicket. So I say we drive in that direction. All right. Back to the tree thicket. You make your way back there. You get out of the Jeep, and you drape yourself in that mosquito net. It smells. Insecticide <laughs> or Justin, you aren't sure. But either way, you head to, into the tree thicket. You see the swarm of mosquitoes still choking the air. Here goes nothing. You march right into them. They go crazy trying to get at you, but whatever is on the net, they hate it. You don't feel a single bite. So you keep going forward. And as the trees grow denser and the sun less visible, the mosquitoes abandon you. They give up. You bump against some of the plant life for a while. It's really thick. You're searching for any sign of Justin... When you spot some claw marks on a nearby tree, you pause. They definitely look to you like they could belong to a leopard. And oh surrounded by these trees, you do not want to be ambushed by a leopard. One thing you know about them, they have amazing camouflage. Lucky for you, you practiced a bit before coming on this trip because, you know, you didn't want to miss any animals, so you'd practiced spotting their camouflage in hard-to-find pictures. 
You found one particularly useful one, a Twitter post that went viral, that is a picture that's got a hidden leopard in it. And you spent a really long time trying to spot that leopard, because you figured if you could spot it there, you could spot one anywhere. So let's take a look at what that picture that you've spent all your time preparing with. Now, I will say, I, I uh, mentioned this to Neil before we started, there is a puzzle in inverted commas in this room that I still haven't done even after the playtest. And this is it. Because apparently, and ladies and gentlemen at home, you can, you can open this, uh, this link as well. It's in the show notes. This is a photo that was shared on Twitter. Uh, it is, the full tweet is linked in Danny's show notes. And somewhere in this photo, there's a leopard. And I couldn't find it. But Danny assures me there's a leopard. So I would like to help you, Neil and JB, as you can help me. Unless you're amazing at these things. Can you see the leopard? I'm looking. This is a great, it's an actual photo, which is wonderful. It's an actual photo. Somewhere there is a leopard. It's a tree and some dirt. And I just don't get it. Hmm. This is fantastic. I love it. I'm trying to find the leopard so right? hard. I keep, like, I look at some of these, like, piles of rocks, and because they have right? these shadows under each of the rocks, you're like, oh, those are the spots of a leopard. And, but they're not. <laughs> and, a, and Danny is sitting here. She's seen the leopard, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. So yep. she thinks I'm an idiot. She thinks not I'm a fool. Not at all. I took, I, I couldn't find it. I had to have it pointed out to me from the follow-up Twitter posts. I just have no idea. Well, I'm sort of scrolling back and forth, and it seems like it must have to come from the rocks, unless it comes from the ledge of the rocks. Oh. Hold on, I have to put my glasses on. Oh, if you want to spot a leopard, you better get those glasses on. <laughs> you can't be out in the Botswana safari area without your glasses. You'll get jumped. Like, like I just keep my eyes go over this, like where it's really sunny on the left. There's like rocks. There's like a little pile of rocks by the base of a tree. And yeah. and it's like, is there a leopard just like lounging in there? I just, it's, I'm zooming in. Maybe that'll help. Leopards, leopards everywhere. Nor any drop to drink. I see him. You see him? You have I to get, give, me a, give me a hint. Do you really? Once you I see him, do you, can, can you not unsee him? Uh, I mean, now I can't unsee it. Yes. Also, when JB went off to get his glasses, he just Googled, where's the leopard in that viral photo? <laughs> No, I did. I did cheat, but uh, the photo is very faded, so I fixed it and made it less faded. What? Oh, what? You did some photo manipulation? Yes, I'm in Photoshop. Uh, I don't know how to use Photoshop. Okay. So it's a very faded photo, which makes it so. It, all I actually did was increase the contrast a little bit, and it becomes a little bit less. But it honestly, still is. Uh, oh, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. You I can see it. I can see, I can see it. I can see And I haven't done Photoshop. I'll t can, can I explain it before that without the Photoshopery? Well, if you look, there's the the the, the tree, the big tree in the middle, right? Big tree. Yep. And then in the foreground, there's an out of focus tree branch that's going yes. off to the left. Yes. And if you look in between those two, you see um, a horizontal line of light, right? Yeah, that somehow starts your microphone got really loud. Is it just me? Oh, no, I'm leaning forward. I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> you, so you see, sort of, there's a line of where it goes from light to dark. Sure. And so, so, so it's in <gasps> there. I see now, it. Go up a little bit, and you see rocks, like actual rocks, and then a little bit above oh, that, you see a is. bunch of little dots, and then there he is. There he is. You know what I reckon it is about this photo that makes it so tough? It's scale. These rocks are much bigger than you would think. 
they look like pebbles, but they must be quite large because that's a tiny leopard compared to these rocks. Yeah, they're so point. cute. And so you're looking for a big leopard because you're like, oh, those rocks are like one millimeter big. It's like, no, no, they're like a foot high to these rocks. That's a big, that's a leopard. Oh, oh I found the so leopard. Fun. <laughs> well, oh, I will uh... say this entire time when I, once I did find the leopard, mm-hmm. I did think its butt was its face. <laughs> <laughs> now that I see that its face is its butt, I'm fine. Don't say that to the leopard. Hey, what's he going to do? I can see him now. He can't get me. Oh, well done. Using your finely honed spotting and not photoshopping at all skills, you spot the leopard curled up in the branches, high up in a tree, thankfully quite far away from you, and it looks asleep. What the hell? You pull out your phone, you turn on the flash because it's kind of dark in here, Zoom in as much as possible to get a decent shot, and you snap it. I mean, whenever you show someone this picture, you'll have to point out the leopard to them or go through this guessing game every time. (laughs) But hey, you got one of the big five. Well done. Now, since Justin is nowhere to be seen here, maybe he's gotten eaten. Eh, It's probably time to go. You head back out. You bump and brush against all the same trees as on the way in. But this time, when you bump into one particular tree, something gets stuck in your mosquito net. Oh, it's another one. So Justin was here. You have found Polaroid number three. Polaroid number three gives us another number. Here we go. Watch out for nasty things like hippos. Oh, wow. And it looks like it looks like he's petting some sort of horror movie <laughs> cat. Yeah, it's a mix of a cat. He must have uh, had intimate relations with the lion, and this is the weird love child of Justin and and Mufasa. Incredibly rude. That's that's a a photorealistic lion. It's a freak mask, I know. That's, That's a fake lion's head. But I like the fact that he's clearly, he's like got his hand up in front of the lion and the lion is just like side-eyeing. He's still looking at him like, what the heck is this guy doing? Okay, but two things I noticed from this Polaroid, (laughs) three things. One is the artistic integrity of the lion drawing. (laughs) Two is that there's, he's holding up five fingers again in the middle of the image. So if we're still trying to unlock the lock, that... I think we might have found another another digit. Yep. And lastly, it's mentioning, it's referencing hippos, but showing a lion, which is concerning to me. Hmm. Maybe it's just a very badly drawn hippo. <laughs> Could be. I don't think so. Watch out for nasty things like hippos. And the O has an additional sort of line in the middle of it which i'm i'm finding everything suspect at the moment mm. yeah, why does the o have a weird like a c shape in it don't know it's also it? written in blue ink that he wrote on it it's not part of the photo no he just apparently carries a blue marker with him and has been writing yes. on all of them so we have better hurry having fun and watch out for nasty things like hippos that's a lot of words why do they say they're nasty well, are they not? One, it's rude. Two, hippos, they doze in the water during daytime. So it's it's probably nighttime now because we've driven around a lot. It's at least past sunset. Uh, the sun takes longer to set here. Oh. 
but still not quite Wait. fully dark. I'm gonna follow the Jonathan Bain path a little bit and and tell me if this is this is something I shouldn't be doing. Let's find out. But I feel like we have three of four Polaroids mm -hmm. for three of four numbers mm -hmm. on the lock. And it's become clear that the pattern to us is not zero through nine, but but one one through five, or I guess zero through five. So it does feel like at this point we can put we can put a one, a five, and a five in, and then just click through one to five. But that is a bit of a hack. You so, go back to the lodge, you try it. Hey, it doesn't work. Really? Because I didn't want it to be crackable. Good. Okay. Fair. So wait. So we know it's five, five, one, and we and we tried every other digit in the it, bottom in the right, fourth and slot, and it doesn't open. What a rascal! We're gonna need something else. What mysteries will this fourth Polaroid hold? We're gonna need a key of some sort to. Uh, some Maybe. sunglasses to cover the smiley face eyes. Yeah, I'm very concerned about this. I'm very surprised that we couldn't uh, mm. figure out this last one. Okay, so let's take a breath here, because that was really exciting. But what do we what do we have now? The tree thicket we've gone through, and we found another Polaroid. We used our knowledge of the leopard pick to find a photo of a lion but mentioning hippos, so that's confusing. The cliffside we can't climb up because we need rope. The waterhole we can't cross because we have to figure out the hippo situation to get mm. to the herd, which I'm guessing the herd is going to get us the fourth Polaroid. Yeah, so we need to cross that, it seems like, perhaps. Mm. Um, maybe these numerals have something to do with that he's giving us some hint watch out for the nasty why does he call them nasty hippos yeah neil we never figured out why there's a c through the o oh this is a great call you've i've solved it i think um <laughs> if you look at the word hippos the o's have a c in it and if you look if at the at the images of the hippos some of the rocks have sort of a C on them, and some of them just have a small little line, right? Ah, yes. And so can we look and see if that is what's determining which ones are actual hippos? Like on the, on the bottom row of, of the hippo images, it looks like the first and the third have a lot more of a second line mm. than the second and the fourth. And if I look at the second row... It seems like only the third has a single line. If I look at the third row, it looks like the first two have a smaller line. And if I look at the last row, it looks like the second and the fourth have a smaller line. That would imply to me, based on the Polaroid that says hippos have a <laughs> longer line, that we could step on like the second yeah. uh, circle or and then hop mm -hmm. over to the third uh uh hippo slash rock on the on the second level and then jump to number two on the third level and then jump up one to the second one on the fourth level and then jump to the edge and, and try to not hit a hippo back at the waterhole you approach the water none of the rocks are moving but it is getting awfully close to full sundown so it's only a matter of time before the hippos wake up now or never, you pick that first rock that you believe is actually a rock, 
you go for it. You wobble, but you hold your footing, and the rock stays as a rock. Yes. Nice. You jump to the next one, the next one, the next one, and you're over the other side. N- worked completely. Worked like a charm. Whew. Can I tell you that for <laughs> as much as we don't seem to like Justin Weinbaum, he's being quite helpful. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> So you start heading down the gentle slope, but you're breathing hard. Jumping from rock to rock amidst a waterhole of hippos surprisingly takes it out of you. There's a single tree over here. You lean against it for a moment just to catch your breath. Oh, for God's sakes, there's a Polaroid here. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, here we go. All right, this Polaroid looks like a drawing of a bull or something, or that's a, that's a, uh, what's it called? Buffalo. Uh, a buffalo. buffalo. And it says, I knew you'd lose like a buffalo, comma, I'm always right. And he's holding up two digits like uh, Nixon. Doing a bit of a Nixon pose. Yeah. Um, and uh, peace signs. So two and two, which might Got be the it. lower two digits of the trunk. I knew you'd lose like a buffalo. Yeah. So he's okay. So, so this he's... is beautiful. So no. I think the top one is going to be five. The middle one's going to be five. The bottom right one's going to be two. Yeah. And then and the other the one's going to be bottom three. left one's going to be three. Three. Because you add them together. Yeah. Two mm. plus the, the thumbs up, uh, the thumbs up one. Yep. So while you're examining this and you're deducing what you can from it, uh, you hear a strange animal call coming from not far away. And you look and, oh, you were totally right before. You'd almost forgotten about it. There is a small pack of Cape Buffalo down here. What are the chances? So you edge just a little bit closer, a little closer, and there's one that's pretty photogenic and it's a little bit away from the rest of the pack. So you snap a photo of it. Click. Hmm. Has your phone gotten louder or something? Because... Buffalo definitely heard that. It's lifting its head. And then it locks eyes with you. And then it lowers its head and it starts to knead the ground in front of it with its hooves. All of your instincts tell you to run and you find yourself unable to fight that. You turn and you run and you hear the noises of being chased by a buffalo. It is charging right at you. You're not going to be able to outrun it straight away. You find yourself sprinting right in the direction of the tree that you were just leaning against. No. You could do that. You could climb it. Or you could make a sharp turn, either left or right. What's a buffalo's weakness? Don't climb the tree. So you don't climb the tree. Take a sharp right. Oh, like a buffalo, I'm always right. So we should go left. Okay, so if the buffalo is always right, right. let's go left. Then let's make a sharp left. You head for the tree. At the absolute (laughs) last possible second, you sharply veer off to the left. You don't slow down for a second. And the buffalo veers off to the right. You have no idea why this has happened. Do buffaloes have some sort of weird natural instinct? Like they just naturally curve that way? And apparently this is a thing that buffaloes veer right. They're not ambi-turners. Apparently not with equal measure. No, they are way more biased right. You gasp for air. You make it back across past those hippos. You make it back to the jeep. Well, this is a safari experience. 
but you now have two photos and four Polaroids. Can I tell you that Safari, I'm not enjoying myself. Oh, so what the hell? Far, so yeah, far. Yeah, that's just rude to say. Yeah, now no, you just We made this room especially for you. Gosh. Sa <laughs> safari. <sighs> well, I'm out of breath. I've crapped my pants, but we've avoided the buffalo. We have three out of four Polaroids. What you have we, four what out of missing? four Polaroids. Oh, we have, a, we have a, well, we have four of the four Polaroids, but we have, we've taken two pictures of our own, right? Oh, yes. Mm. We have all of the numbers for <laughs> the, the trunk, trunk, I think. Yeah. So let's head back to the tree house and climb up, go to the trunk that's, uh, that's next to Justin's, Justin Weinbaum's bed and enter that combination. All right. You get in the Jeep. You get in the Jeep. And that is absolutely your plan. You <laughs> go, you leave the waterhole, you get back to the clearing, back to the lodge. But when you're still some distance away, you slam the brakes on hard. Oh, boy. Right at the base of the rope ladder, you can see pacing around the bottom is a fully grown male lion. Because it turns out Alexandria was not kidding when she said that your food might attract wildlife. Oh, you, no. You take out your phone for a quick photo, <laughs> much faster than you did for the other two, because you feel vulnerable. There's just something about a lion that even more than being a meter away from a hippo, this is intense. You just feel visceral terror about this. You need to get this lion away from here. So what do we know about lions? They're majestic They're and frightening. They're lazy. But also very lazy. They seek out the easiest possible prey. Make so we sure gotta give up Justin. Let him eat Justin. <laughs> <laughs> what other prey might we have? Yeah, that's tough. Or if you don't have prey, because you definitely don't have any food on you. Any way that you can make it think that there's easy prey? Show them the Polaroids of the other <laughs> animals. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, one of them is a sleeping leopard. Lions probably like that. Do we still have the ability? To use a walkie-talkie, could we, could we put the battery back in the walkie-talkie? Oh no, we only have one. I was going to say make sounds or something so it could hear. Uh, yeah, that would be from good. Bar, it's a good idea. Yeah, making sounds from afar is a good idea. But yeah, you only have one walkie-talkie, and mm. Alexandria still, as far as you can tell, doesn't seem responsive. Ah, how about can we take the radio out of the car, which had a channel? Which you said was was calm oh, animal sleeping noise. animals. Cal it was hmm. calming animal noises. So if we take that radio out, or just turn the car on in some way, and turn that radio station up, the lion could be distracted, allowing us to pass. Brilliant. You turn on the radio onto the animal noises channel, Billy. Oh, Billy? um, <laughs> that's a sleepy animal noise, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, that's too intimidating, a sleepy yeah, animal. Yeah, that sounds scary. Exactly. Lion wants that for sure. You put the volume right up. You leave the door open. You dash out and you get far enough away that you feel safe. You hide as best you can on the correct side of the wind so that it won't smell you. And you watch that line from afar. You see its ears twitch. You see it turn in the Jeep's direction. Its curiosity peaked. And just... It's a giant cat. It stalks off. It's hunched in that ready-to-pounce way. As soon as it's 
far enough away and close enough to the jeep inspecting it. You get to the lodge, you climb, you pull the rope ladder up behind you just in case. Okay, for the moment, you are safe. Okay, for the love of Justin, can we input this this number <laughs> code into the into the box and see if it works? What was that code again? 5532. You put that in, the trunk's lock clicks, you swing the lid open, and inside Ooh. is a whole pile of climbing gear, ropes, hooks, harnesses, the lot. Excellent. Whew. We can use that to climb the cliff with the hook. Hmm. We can throw it at the lion. <laughs> yeah, first we strangle the lion. We quietly creep up behind it, strangle it with the rope so we can get into the jeep, and then we can drive the jeep to the cliff. Perfect. You get that ready. You make yourself a little uh, grappling hook to get at the lion. But as you poke your head out, you do not see it anywhere and not even off by the Jeep. In fact, actually, you know what? Just past the Jeep, some distance away, you think you see its tail swish off into some bushes. It must have got bored when it realized that it was a fake out and there was no actual prey there. It is gone. You seem fine. All right, let's jump in the Jeep with our climbing gear. Mm-hmm. Let's race to the cliff and uh, climb to the top of it. Absolutely. Well, climb to the bottom of it. You are at the top of it. Oh, yeah. Climb down. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. All right. You get that climbing gear all hooked up the way it seems appropriate. You strap yourself into a harness and you start to rappel. Rappel? Rappel. Rappel. Surely rappel. 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 Yeah. Your yep. way. Abseil. Yeah. Abseil your way down the cliff. After everything else you've been through today, this part is actually very relaxing. You reach the bottom, you unhook yourself, and you wander around the sides that you couldn't see from up top. There isn't much to find, and you can't hear the animal noises that you could hear earlier. There is a little stream, so maybe animals do come here instead of the hippo-infested waterhole sometimes. For now, though, kind of seems like it's been a waste of time. You turn around to leave, but oh! There's something about five feet away from you, right in your way, staring at you. It's a baby elephant. It is adorable. But, you know, it's still two-thirds of your height. Baby elephant means mama elephant's nearby, and they get aggressive if they are threatened. Yeah, you definitely keep that in mind. And even the baby elephant itself could probably still do some damage if it felt like it. The slowest of motions. You take out your phone. And you take a very quiet picture. You put it away again. Yep. Still, you forgot to turn it on to proper silent, so it's not as quiet as you want. Flash still goes off as well. The elephant stares at you. Stares at you. And then it lifts its trunk up. And it squirts a jet of water at you. They're playful. (laughs) They're rude. little buggers. Well, I, I think we should put some water in our hands and put it in our mouths. And like the Jungle Book, we should squirt water back at it because they're playful. <laughs> you head over to that little stream. The elephant doesn't do anything to object to that. You take a large handful of water, put it in your mouth and spit it right in that elephant's face. The elephant squeezes its eyes shut when the water hits it, blinks a few times. And then it lets out a funny little squeak that you didn't think that an animal this big could make. And it sticks its trunk in the water. (laughs) It sticks its trunk in the water. It blasts you again. You spit back. The elephant bounces around joyfully. It's basically wagging its tail at you. And after a few rounds of happy fun time, it sighs. 
it seems contented. And it turns and wanders off, hopefully to wherever its relatives are hidden in the shrubland. Huh. Well, I mean, you got another photo of it. That wasn't a total waste. That was kind of nice. But you should probably head back. <sighs> that was so fun. <laughs> you climb back up. You get the climbing gear into the back of the jeep. And you drive back to the clearing to figure out where else could Justin have gone. He seems to have been one step ahead of you the entire time. You haven't seen him. You've been everywhere, you swear. It's been a while since you last found a Polaroid of his. Maybe something did happen to him. You're so absorbed in thought that when you make it back to the clearing, you do not notice what you are driving towards until it's too late. Uh -oh. Do you have any guesses as to what is standing in front of you? A giraffe? Oh, if only it was a giraffe. A rhino. There is a gigantic rhino in front of you, and unfortunately you got awfully close to it and you were blaring your jeep headlights right no. at it. It has definitely seen you. And it definitely considers something like a jeep to be a major threat. You try to make the jeep do a turn, but it's just not going fast enough. This rhino charges. It is ten times worse than a buffalo, even with a car as a shield. On some wild impulse, it might be the last thing you ever do. You pull out your phone, you take a quick snap. <laughs> it's the last one, you got them all, maybe someone will find it one day and record your achievement. And then BANG! You have never felt anything like it, but that rhino hits the front right of the car, right next to the driver's seat, right where you are sitting. Go bam! The Jeep has never felt anything like this either. It launches halfway up into the air and it flips. Your head what? whacks against at least three surfaces on the way down. Your vision is swimming. Oh, you can't move. Wait, literally, you can't move. The rhino's impact has crumpled all of the foot space on your side of the car. Your legs are jammed in place. You cannot move. And that's all you've got right now. What are you going to do? Can we call uh, uh, Alexandra with our walkie-talkie? With the full reach of your arms, you stretch as far as you can to grab the GPS. You just make it. You swap the batteries out into the walkie-talkie for the final time. You press the button to talk. Uh, help. An accident in the clearing, and be careful, there might be a rhino still around. There's no response. You can only hope that she's heard you. Night well and truly falls while you're lying here. We're gonna die here. You turn off the jeep's stuttering headlights so you don't attract any unwanted animal attention. The rhino seems to have gone, at least. You can hear various howls, growls, and cackles, but none of them seems to be getting too close. It must be hours later, long after you've dozed off from pain and exhaustion, when you hear footsteps, human footsteps, boots and all, and... They do a bit of a clamber on the car and they reach the driver's side door and they pull it open. Alexandria, Mama. you sigh with relief. Oh, oh guess again. <sighs> Your eyes shoot open. Justin. Wait a minute. Justin? Yeah, so before I left, I kind of switched your walkie-talkie frequency over to mine so that I could keep tabs on your progress, maybe mess with you a little, but mostly just listen. Oh, that was so funny when, when you thought that you could ask her for help with the signs. Um, well, who'd have thought it would turn out in your favour? Alexandria's still miles away. She'd have never been able to get you out of this. Uh, 
You shake your head. All is taunting, all is jeering, and you're just supposed to believe that he's here to rescue you. And as if he can read your mind, he grins and goes, well, yes, I'm just a very good person deep down, really. Ugh. (laughs) Gross. With a lot of shoving, tugging, squeezing, together you manage to get your legs out from the crumpled wreckage. (laughs) Looks even worse from the outside, but luckily, apart from a whole lot of bruises, you think you've come out of it okay. Just in case, though, or really just to show off, Justin insists on carrying you piggyback style all the way back to Calming Skytop. You cannot believe you're letting it happen, but whatever. You make it back, you clamber with difficulty up the ladder, and you slink your way into bed all before Alexandria ever needs to know what happened. She won't miss the jeep. Sorry about your mosquito net, you say reluctantly. And Justin shrugs. Oh, no problem. Mosquitoes never bite me anyway. I'm just lucky that way. Oh, uh, speaking of lucky, hope we both have some good luck finishing off our big five photos tomorrow. You sit up. You didn't get all five? Of course not. I only left you four Polaroids, didn't I? Couldn't find a bloody elephant. I guess it was the wrong time of day for them. So annoying. Well, at least you can fall asleep. Very satisfied with that. Dreaming of <laughs> cute baby elephants. <laughs> he may have won saved 10, us, but we euros. won the game. <laughs> Yay! And that's the it. end of the story. 